Just another day. Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. Audi flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions, and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck. Hello, and welcome to Movie Tuesday. It's the only podcast on the internet that begins with talk on the latest news, bridges to the latest trailers, and concludes with a spoiler-free discussion, and is all done in the name of movies. How y'all holding up? How's that toilet paper count? I hope you and your loved ones are in good health. And if you're not, I hope you are able to make a swift recovery. Me, I'm doing all right. You know, the usual dealing with first world problems in the pandemic world and all, you know, problems like what I'm going to do with this damn podcast. Um, Last week, I was talking about how I was on the hunt for a new like hosting site. Cause I was like unhappy with SoundCloud services for the past few years. And, um, now I'm starting to think I might end up just going back to SoundCloud because <laughs> I'm doing, I've been doing the research, man. I've been, I've been comparing notes. I've been comparing prices and shit. And, um, I mean like where I'm at right now, which is uh Pinecast, it's all right. Um, I think uh, I, I think it's fairly new, so it kind of makes sense for why it's a little bare bones at the moment. But just I'm not really digging it so far. And it may just be because I've been on SoundCloud for so long and I'm just kind of used to how they run their shit. But just from what I've experienced for the past month, I believe, um, and uh, comparing with other places and everything, the, the main thing I'm really like unsatisfied with with SoundCloud is just their analytics and how they do it, where it's like they're they're mainly just counting clicks. They're not necessarily like giving you info on who's actually listening as far as like like retention, like audience retention, which is what I'm really looking for. Um, but like on the other side, what they do get right and what I do appreciate about SoundCloud and why I was with them for so long was that I feel like I'm not always getting upsold constantly which is what i'm dealing with on this pinecast site and i mean like i said it's fairly new so i get it but i just i don't like the fact that when i click around on stuff you know just trying to check things out where it's like oh check the tip jar check check your uh check feedback check this check that and it's like most of the shit that i click on it's like oh upgrade your account and you can get this and upgrade your account to get eligible for this and i'm just like jesus you know so at the end of the day, though, I think uh, after after much research, I might just end up going back to SoundCloud, unfortunately. <laughs> but I will say that Pinecast will definitely be a, a, a number one backup for me if shit goes tits up with SoundCloud for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, so that's that's just what I've been dealing with. Um, also been feeling around with the idea of doing videos again for the podcast, not necessarily recording me sitting at the desk because nobody wants to see that. But I was just going to do like that bare bones, you know, slap a logo in the middle of the screen and just upload the audio. You know, I've been I've been told to do that for a while now. And it's like it's it's not that it's a lot. It's just I don't know. 
but I do think I, I think it's a good time to do it just because I haven't used my YouTube account in a very long time. So I think it's I think it's time to start updating it with some new material. And I might start with the podcast, especially now since I've gotten into I've been getting into this habit this year or this season of the show where I'm starting to actually like dress up some thumbnails instead of just slapping the the movie Tuesday logo on it. So, yeah. So, yeah, man, as you can see, like I said, just nothing, man. I'm just chilling, just waiting for waiting for hell to freeze over so things can start getting back to the new normal, whatever that's going to be. But uh, yeah, man, one last thing I wanted to mention as well before we get into the show. Um, Last episode was a train wreck. I mean, it had been a while since I did the show, so I definitely had to shake off some rust. But I had to cut and edit so much shit <laughs> that I forgot what I had like talked about. Like, obviously, I have the notes for like the main segments of the show. But as far as like just the the vamping and the filler portions and the ranting and all that, like I forgot. So if I end up repeating myself, my bad, uh, just keep that in mind. But one of the things that I did want to put out there, cause I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, there's an update on the policy of spoilers this year and going on. Uh, so basically what I used to do was I wasn't comfortable talking about spoilers for things until it was at least out for a year. So whenever it came out in theaters a year from that, that's when I felt comfortable just dropping spoilers without having to be like, oh, spoiler warning, guys. You know what I mean? But now, I mean, and this is like pre-pandemic. Like, I just felt like I needed to start making some changes because it's really tricky to talk about certain shit without spoiling anything or at least like alluding to spoilers in a movie just because like nowadays movies pull so much from other movies and genres and shit so um it's just it gets a little harder to discuss them so i came up with this new policy where i am like all bets are off after the movie comes out on video you got like a week after that movie comes out on video and at that point all bets are off so when the movie's out in theaters or when it's out for streaming to like rent or some shit like that. No spoilers. When it comes out on video, when it's available to like actually buy and then a week after it's available to actually buy and own, all bets are off. Because at that point, if you ain't watched a movie by then, you weren't really interested in the movie to begin with. Okay. And I say this from personal experience where there's movies that I've put off for whatever reason for like years and sometimes shit gets spoiled for me and I get that mild disappointment where I'm like, oh man, I didn't want to know that. But at the same time, I come to the realization of, you know, I did have like a good three years to watch that movie. So, you know, that's that's on me. You know what I mean? So like that's uh that's where I'm going to operate from here on out. It's going to take some time to like shift into that because I've been so used to just having like that year grace period before i just like let the floodgates out but um or open the floodgates but uh just letting you know right now because uh for the movie that we're going to talk about this week it does require me to talk about another movie that recently came out i believe it was like late last year and so just saying when i mention that movie 
and you ain't seen it, you either need to turn it off or skip ahead or whatever. Just be prepared to get some shit blown up for you, you know, but uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it classy. All right. On that note, Movie Tuesday can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music and Spotify. It's on SoundCloud as well, but it's not updated. But probably by the end of the year, that will change. But until then, there's other podcast networks where you can check it out. Just go ahead and type Movie Tuesday into the search bar. Um, If there's any way for wherever you're listening, if there's a way to rate the podcast or leave a review, I really appreciate it. I don't care if it's a positive or negative review or rating. I just want to have some sort of feedback just to see like where I stand on things and how I can make things better, you know, and um, apologies to the names I forget or mispronounce throughout the course of this episode and all the likes, ums and you knows and any kind of other little nervous ticks that I do when I'm trying to struggle to figure out what to say next or just to fill time period and with that out the way let's get into the show starting with the news yeah baby give me that news hit starting over at cinema blend johnny depp gives his version of how his fingertip got cut off originally the story was that he got it caught in the door but he has recently come out and said that he just came up with that story to protect Amber Heard at the time. But now, since a lot of things are starting to come to light to where maybe he's not the person that people thought he was, who Amber Heard was telling them that he was, he has come out and he was like, what really happened was that, you know, we were arguing, you know, having a verbal argument and shit and it got heated. And at the time he was sitting at the bar And she's like, you know, the argument got heated and she started throwing shit at him. And that shit that she was throwing at him was vodka bottles. And he has said that one of the bottles had flew right past his head like it almost hit him. The other one had crashed into the bar counter where his hand was resting. So you can assume that a nice shard of glass shot out from that explosion, whipped past the bar and threw his fucking finger and voila fingertip cut off and um so you know had to get that shit taken care of he said he had like got MRSA twice during that whole sitch which is crazy and uh yeah so like that's that's his version of the story now I say that's his version of the story because here's the thing I don't know much about this whole thing because when it was going on I didn't really want to pay attention to it because I I want to say that I don't know, man. I think it was one of those things where I remember hearing about her showing pictures of like bruises on her face and accusing him of like beating her and shit. And it's like, I just kind of brushed it off because I was like, oh man, another like celebrity quibble. You know what I mean? And I, and I'll admit, you know, I got, I got some bias with Johnny Depp, you know, know, I love me some Johnny Depp, but at the same time, it's like, I just ain't trying to cast judgment, man. And that's why I wanted to bring this story up. And, you know, even though I have very limited information on it, is that I do remember (laughs) how people reacted when Amber Heard was out there on the front lines showing all kind of pictures and coming up with all kind of stories, talking about how he did this shit to me and he fucking beat my ass and all this other shit. He's a horrible person, 
Blasey, 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 right? To the point where Disney had even dropped him from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, where they were like, we're going to reboot the movie, or we're going to reboot the franchise, or we're going to do it without Johnny Depp, you know? And, uh, you know what I mean? So, like, I remember that shit. I remember how people reacted, and I got, like, base information off of what may or may not have happened. But at the end of the day, I brushed it off because I was like, first of all, I think Johnny Depp's a cool dude. You know, I'm not saying that he's not capable of beating a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, at the same time, I'm like, I, I look at that situation to where I don't know that much about Amber Heard, but I just look at situations like those. I'm like, I'm pretty sure both parties did their part to dissolve that relationship and to have it go to the heights it had gotten to. You know what I mean? Because like me personally, I grew up, I've, I've grown up in a household where I, we've been taught not to hit women and I still, I still live by those words, but there is a caveat to where just because I think it's wrong to hit women doesn't mean that I don't believe that some women deserve to get their ass beat. <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing. And this, and this story is a prime example of why I think that, and this is a prime example of back during the whole me too movement where you had so many women coming out accusing men of all these like sexual harassment cases and everything that happened like decades ago. And they like just now decided to come out and start talking about it. This was why I was saying, Hey man, let's just chill out a little bit and let's not be quick to cast judgment because some people do lie and some people can use certain situations like this to get some uh get some exploits okay or get some exposure that's where i'm looking for and uh this is the prime example of that because y'all know women know how the world works men know how the world works this this is a very similar situation to the stereotypes of men there's a stereotype with women where it's like they can come out and they can point a finger at any old random dude and be like that motherfucker raped me last night he did this to me he held me down he pinned me down i couldn't scream i couldn't do anything all i could sit all i could do was just fucking take it and i've been scarred ever since and motherfuckers will rush to that woman's side and take her and, and take her side okay the same way that stereotype is a thing is the same stereotype that women have for men where it's like oh all men cheat you know it's sooner or later all men are gonna cheat they're gonna go out and chase that strange you know what i'm saying so it's very similar, but this is one of those prime examples of what I'm saying. Let's not be quick to cast judgment too soon. We've only we've only heard one side of the story. We've heard her story in full and the other person ain't saying shit. <laughs> He's just paying court fees and everything. Right. And now there's all these things that have been like coming out recently because I mean, like this shit's been going on for like, I want to say a good three, maybe even four years now. It's been going on for quite a while. And um, now all this shit is starting to come out that's going against what Amber Heard was saying, where I remember hearing some recording where they were arguing and she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell people that you did this shit to me and that, you know, I'm going to fucking do all this and I'm going to tell people that you did it and they'll believe me because you're a fucking man, you know, just shit, this shit like that. And I'm just sitting there just shaking my head like, yep, <laughs> like it happens. I'm not saying it happens all the time. I'm just saying it happens. It happens enough to where I don't want to be quick to judge people for shit. <laughs> all right. That's all I'm saying. And um, so, yeah. So now 
My question is, is this. So now that shit's starting to come out in the light and it seems like Johnny Depp is starting to retaliate where he's like, well, now that all these things are starting to come out into the light and y'all starting to see that there are some holes in the stories that she's been telling time for me to start going on a rampage and suing motherfuckers. Cause I think he's been suing publications on posting stories about him being a, a woman abuser and shit like that. Right. So he's starting to retaliate. And, um, my question was, now that this is starting to come to light, what does this mean for their careers specifically? Like now, is there going to be a, a statement from WB where they say Amber Heard is no longer going to play Mira in the new Aquaman movies going forward? You know, is Disney going to come out and be like, hey, sorry, Johnny, you know, sorry about that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and put you back into the to the franchise here. Now that everything's on the up and up. You know what I mean? Like, is that shit going to happen now? I did read some story on the Daily Mail where, um, you know, uh, Disney, even though they're still going to move ahead with rebooting the franchise, they're going to move ahead rebooting it. And obviously, you know, like we all figured they're going to get a female lead to follow. Not sure if they're getting the girl from the from the last movie, but uh, they're going to their their intention is to get a female lead and have uh, Johnny Depp's Captain Sparrow be uh, a supporting role again which i think is a really good idea because like i said i think one of the biggest mistakes that the the new pirates of the caribbean movies have made um post post world's end is that they tried to make captain or or not even try that they made captain jack sparrow like the the focus of the franchise where it's like i feel like he's a lot better in a supporting role than in the main role so if they do move forward with that after all the shit clears like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes to see if my theory will pan out. But, um, but like I said, I'm not trying to take sides. I just, I just wanted to go ahead and put it out there to say like, this is the type of shit that I'm talking about, man, where it's like, you can't just blindly accept the stories that people would be telling out here, dude, like people, there's people out here that know how the world works and they know how to get over on you. And I don't want y'all to be gullible and naive to that point. Like, I'm not saying that you guys just flat out call them a liar. I'm just saying you take their story into account. And you're like, all right, okay, let me hear what, what he's got to say over here. You know what I'm saying? Cause even now, like I said, this, that's just his version of the story. His version of the story is that she tossed vodka bottles at him. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Cause I'm not going to lie. When I saw that picture of him getting taken to the hospital and, and showing them showing like his fingertip being sliced off. I was like, Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like what the fuck happened? And I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that thought, you know what? Johnny Depp is crazy enough to where, <laughs> or actually I should say, I think Johnny Depp is crazy enough to chop off a tip of his finger <laughs> to get the public on his side like like i could see them both in that house just beating the shit out of themselves like her just taking her cell phone and just slapping herself in the face like, i'm gonna tell people that you fucking beat me and he's and he's just like on the opposite end of the room like oh yeah oh yeah you want to get fucking nuts you want to start making those stories let me take this fucking knife chop off my fingertip and i'm gonna tell people you fucking toss vodka balls at me and the shard chopped it off <laughs> like huh that's the way that I think with this shit. Because you got to remember, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big of a fan you are of people and how much you admire them. You don't know them. All right. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Even even like reality star people, 
they got shit that goes on behind closed doors that we don't know about. So that's all I'm trying to say is that don't don't just blindly accept what people tell you all the time, including me. All right. Next bit of news. Movie theaters are estimated to lose billions of dollars if closures persist. Gower Street Analytics had estimated that the domestic box office alone could probably end the year just under $7 billion if the theaters stay closed for the next three months. And the box office domestically hasn't hit that low of a number since 1998. Last year, the domestic box office had brought in $11 billion. Globally, if any of you are interested, is estimated to pull in around maybe $25 billion. Last year, globally, movies have pulled, or the box office have pulled in $42 billion. Billion people, we're talking bills here. Big Willie style, as I like to call it. Now, someone who doesn't pay attention to box office numbers like I do, probably found that information useful. Me personally, I did not just because I probably could have made those estimates because I'm sure that they just compared the numbers from last year to this year and they did some guesstimations, right? But still, it's still relevant information because here's the real question that I want answered is that if these estimates are accurate, when exactly are the studios going to take a serious look into releasing what they have on streaming services just to make a return. Now, when this first started, when theaters first started closing, um, I got an email from Harkins theaters. And at the time, cause this was in March, this was like early March, early to mid March An email. They had sent emails out and they were talking about how like, they were going to uh, shut down their theaters due to the pandemic because they didn't want to like put their employees and the and the guests in danger of getting infected or anything like that. So they're going to close their theaters down and they were going to wait to see how this whole thing turned out. And then they had planned to open it. They, they had planned to open their theaters back up by the end of March. So like March 31st. Now we're in mid April and those theaters are still closed. Right. And I haven't gotten any other email with them, like doing any updates as far as like, Hey, like we're planning on opening back up, like blah, blah, blah. blah right. Right now, specialists or analysts are, are guesstimating that theaters will probably be open by like June, but there's others that are saying it could be like as long as August. Okay. And um, my whole thing is like this, because like recently a whole bunch of movies have been getting pushed back. You know, I think uh, I think Top Gun, I think Top Gun was actually supposed to come out this month, but it ended up getting pushed back to December. I think Wonder Woman got pushed back to August. That was originally going to come out in like June or some shit. So like studios are reacting to where they're just delaying their movies, which makes some logical sense because like, OK, you, you kind of hope that everything gets cleared up by then. But here's, here's my thing though. What I'm trying to get at. Is it more logical to push the movies back, like continuously delay their releases? Or is it more logical to 
put them out on a streaming service to try and recoup some money that has already been invested. Cause I'm assuming that the money that was spent to get the movies made has already been paid. So like, let's say that wonder woman was like $150 million to make, right? Let's say, so, so your 150 million is gone. Okay. Now you got to put the movie out to get your money back. You can't put the movie out because the theaters are closed. And with no like clear picture on when exactly the theaters will open up again, how do you not think, okay, maybe we should put this out like on a streaming service, you know, or maybe we should make it available to rent for a reasonable price. You know what I mean? Because my whole thing is like this, let's say everything does clear up by like June. Are we confident that people are going to be roaring to get back into theaters to go watch Wonder Woman or Top Gun and shit after all this is said and done? You know, are they even going to be allowed to? Because I would assume that once things start opening back up, I think they're going to do it in waves. So like, I don't I don't think they're going to open up as abruptly as they close. Actually, I wouldn't say abruptly because there was still like a grace period before a lot of businesses had shut their doors. Like they would be like, oh, you know, like starting Friday, you know, or starting Monday next week, we're going to like close all of our locations down from the inside and we'll offer delivery services and shit like that. So there was some kind of grace period, but I still feel like they abruptly closed and I don't think you can open them up in that same fashion where it's like, okay, guys, starting next week, Harkins is back open, fucking get back in there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can do that. I think what they're going to actually end up doing is they're going to open their doors up and they'll probably sell tickets in a limited capacity. So like I said last week, where if you got a theater of like 200 seats, you know, you got to at least like maybe fill half of that. And then, you know, now that like a lot of Harkins theaters have assigned seating, it will be a lot easier for them to just kind of be like, okay, like you can only sit like so far apart from each other, like get a couple seats down or whatever like that, you know, like that's, that's how I see things happening when they reopen. So not only are, not only is the, uh, are the ticket sales getting cut in half for the movies that are, that are, that people are going to want to see, but you're also dealing with the actual fear of people going back out too soon you know so i don't i don't see how it's not a safer situation or or a safer option to put your movie out like how blumhouse did with invisible man and the hunt to just put your movie out and have make it available for for rental so that people can watch it from the comfort of their own home and at least get some money back. Like I don't I, I know that like, you know, services like Google and iTunes take like these percentages and shit like that, but that's no different from a movie theater. So I'm just wondering with these estimates, are studios going to consider take some uh, uh serious thought and be like, okay, maybe we should just put this out on streams because the other thing is too is like i don't think it's a good look to keep on pushing the movie back like when you say all right guys wonder woman was going to come out in june now we're pushing it back to august i think it's going to be pretty bad if you got to come back out again because theaters are still closed and be like okay i know we said it was coming out in august but now it's going to come out in december okay like when you just keep pushing it back you know even if you were to push it to next year because then the other thing is like 
yeah, the slate is kind of clean for next year because with with the closure of theaters, there's also the closure of just movie productions in general. So you got to pick that shit back up. And then it's like, who knows when that's going to start back up? Like, how do you know actors are going to be quick to get back to work? How do you know the the film crew is going to be quick to get back to work? You know, the people who like control the lighting and the wind and the water effects and shit and, and the folly, like they're probably going to, you know, the ones that you pay like shit, but are actually like the backbone of the movie. What if they don't feel like coming back to work? What if they don't feel safe enough to come back? You know what I mean? So just it's just all these different factors. And I'm just wondering, like, what these studios are thinking at the moment, because there have been a couple that have have taken action. Like I said, Blumhouse has done it. Uh, That Bloodshot movie is like they put that pretty much straight out to digital where you can actually purchase that now. Um, I know Disney's been taking some smaller movies and putting them on their streaming service. And now the question is, are they going to do that with Marvel movies, which is like some people have been saying they're not going to do that because they make too much money, uh, putting them out in theaters. But once again, if you hold up production on movies and, and if the, the, if the, the opening date for the theaters keeps getting pushed back further and further, at what point are you not trying to recoup some, some of the money that you lost? Right. And that's just the theater. I mean, not not theaters. That's just the studios. The theaters are like fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, going into the next piece of that story, uh, AMC is pretty much gonna uh, declare bankruptcy. Like it, it was. I read a story earlier where they were they might have to claim bankruptcy, but now there's like a bunch of people coming saying like, no, like. It, it is all but official that they are going to have to declare bankruptcy at this point because they they might not even make it until June. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they got to fucking pay rent and shit like that. And it's crazy to think that AMC of all theater chains is declaring bankruptcy, you know, or at least in the stages of most likely declaring bankruptcy, I should say, because it hasn't been made official yet. But it's crazy to think that they're in that state of affairs, seeing as how AMC is the biggest theater chain in the country, maybe even the world, but I think it's the country. Uh, So it makes me think about theaters like Harkins and Alamo draft house and Marcus and Cinemark, where it's like, what is their situation? Which I've looked it up. I've tried, but nothing's popped up just that their, their shit is closed for now. But like, I haven't heard anything about them filing for bankruptcy or anything like that. And it's just crazy to think that, those smaller chains aren't in the same position as AMC, which also begs the question, what the fuck have they been spending their money on? And it's weird too, because I thought AMC had a streaming service of their own. Cause with that ticket stub thing service that they got like AAA, I can't remember what it's called, but they got some, that, that kind of movie pass service to where if you pay for that, you're, eligible to use their on-demand service where they just play like some older movies or shit i don't know hopefully they got some plan put together to bounce back other than just reopening their doors and thinking that shit's just gonna continue the way it was pre-pandemic um and uh hopefully they can open back up i don't know make maybe in the next month or something like that i mean i i have heard on the radio recently that I think the goodwill is getting ready to open back up and their whole thing was that their essential business to their essential by giving people work 
or employing people so that they're they can actually like pay their bills and shit. And I'm like, if that's the case, if, if that's the excuse that's flying now, I mean, that pretty much opens up the doors for damn near all businesses at this point where it's like, hey, every all businesses, unless I mean, they're like a one man run show, all places of business have opportunities to give people employment. So at that point, they're all essential. You know, it's just more or less. How are they going to open it up? Like, are they going to open it up in that limited capacity? You know, I wonder if they're going to have to do like China did, like theater wise. I wonder if they're going to do like China did where they don't necessarily show like newly released movies, but they kind of show some some shit from last year uh, to kind of get people back in the groove of going to the movies again and feeling comfortable being in a crowd of people with like masks and, and gloves and shit like that. Me personally, even though it's still very early so I could definitely change my mindset down the line later on this year. But right now, I'm probably done going to the theaters for the rest of the year. You know, I'm I'm at that point right now. You know, um, I was already uncomfortable just going to theaters with people in general, just being a bunch of fucking annoying ass hooligans, you know, and now you introduce the the added threat of a fucking aggressive ass virus is like, you know, maybe I'm better off just sitting at home and waiting for it to come out digitally and just written it. You know, I mean, on top of that, I got the baby coming. So I'm already going to have my whole world fucked up as far as going to the movies go. So I feel like I should just start early and just make the decision to just not even go period and just wait till next year when things get cleared up. You know, when things feel a little bit more safer and then we can make our return back to the theater, you know. But like I said, it's still early. That could change. But I'm just saying right now, my current mindset is even when you guys open your doors back up, I'm, I'm probably not going to be there. So I, you, places got to take that into account. Speaking of places, courtesy of the New York Times, Bob Iger has once again taken his place as CEO of Disney. Um, he had first stepped down back in February and just when he thought he was in the clear shit had hit the fan. And, uh, now he finds himself right back in the shoes of being CEO. I guess it was uh, a decision made by him and other people on the board that figured, you know, he had been running the company for so long. I think he had been in that position for like the past 15 years or something like that. And uh, it, it seemed like he kind of just, you know, with the other Bob, Bob Shepik, that he just had all this shit thrown on his plate. And obviously some decisions had to be made, but I guess everybody just felt a little more comfortable. Iger included to where it's like, you know, you've been running for about 15 years. You know how it works. So if anyone's going to help us out as far as like making a transition to some new changes, like it's going to be you. So obviously he had ended up stepping back in. Now there are some rumors surrounding this whole situation. So one of the rumors is that he may have known due to his ties with, uh, with government officials and higher ups in China that, uh, he may have known of the upcoming pandemic. And now it's probably one of the reasons that he wanted to step down. We'll get into that in a little bit, but the other rumors and speculations is that when, uh, when the parks and resorts start opening back up, one of the things that they're toying around with, that or, or I guess that he presented was that uh, opening the parks up with 
way fewer employees and checking everybody's temperatures before they enter the parks and any other places of business. So that's still in the realm of rumors and speculation. I don't think there's been any official statement made as far as I've seen. So take that with a grain of salt. But with the furloughs getting ready to come up and, you know, they're looking to, to let not let go, but they're looking to furlough around 70,000 people in California and Florida alone. It seems in line with this supposed business plan. Um, and you know, and just like I said about the theaters and, and other places of businesses, I don't think they're just going to be able to open up and continue business as usual. I think there has to be some kind of gradual reopening to where if they do reopen the parks, there might not be as many like places open right away. There may not be as many employees working right away. I know like with my job right now, they have us split into two teams to where we work every other day. So, you know, I'll, I'll work every other day and then another team works every other day. We never see each other anymore. We only like communicate through like text and, and phone calls and shit like that. But um, our our place of business isn't operating like it normally does, you know, due to what's going on. So I figure when other businesses start reopening, I think that's one of the approaches that they will take is that they'll probably have like different teams that work certain days and open up places into limited capacities. They're also checking temperatures at my job too, which I don't know, man. I don't think the temperature thing, I mean, it helps, I guess. Like if you got a high temperature, it's like, Hey dude, like, you know, just, just go home, just go home, you know? Cause it's not even like, you're not even just checking temperatures to like, you know, be, to say like, Oh, you know, you have, you have COVID-19. It's more or less like if you're just sick in general <laughs> and you're in a state of to where you can infect somebody else, like take your sick ass home. You know what I'm saying? So I understand the whole thermostat thing or a not thermostat thermometer. I understand that. But at the same time, you're, you still have the people that are asymptomatic. And it's like, that means that they, can go, that, that means that they could, they could be sick with whatever, whether it be COVID-19 or, or just the general flu or just have a fucking cold or what, you know? And, and if they're not showing symptoms, but they're still in a state of being contagious, you can take their fucking temperature they register just fine. You wave them on through and then they just run in like a fucking biological weapon, just infecting everything in sight. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just kind of weird to think like, Oh, you know, we're going to start doing thermostats, but I guess it's better than nothing when, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, you know, uh, as for the other rumor where people were saying that he knew, you know, due to his ties with China, he knew and that's why he stepped down. Now, you know, your boy loves a good conspiracy theory, right? But from what I've read, from what I've researched on the matter, it seems like it's on the up and up from him stepping down from CEO to him going back into CEO. In fact, him going back into the position of CEO in the middle of all this shit is actually a pretty honorable move, you know, give or take. But what really has me like not holding up red flags to that whole situation is the fact that, you know, I had read that he had been trying to step down from that position since like 2013, you know? So it's not like he just out of the blue just wanted to step down as CEO, which, which kind of would have made sense too, even if he did do it out of the blue, because there are people that just 
experience a certain form of success with a company and they just want to have that mentality of leaving on top. You know, that's what some people do. And I just figure maybe that was the position that he was in where he's like, man, dude, you know, we got fucking, you know, Disney is like a big old powerhouse. We got Fox, we got Marvel doing bonkers numbers. We got Star Wars as a complete piece of shit, but still does numbers. And you got Disney plus going and people love us more than people hate us and shit like that. You know, now's a good time to fucking step on out. You know what I'm saying? So I could, could definitely see him making that choice, but the fact that he came back in the midst of it, I thought was, uh, was pretty boss. It's, it's a pretty responsible thing to do. Cause honestly, if that was me, <laughs> it's like, if I, like if I step, if I stepped down as CEO and then a fucking pandemic happened to where all these operations had to be shut down and shit, <laughs> like I'd just be like, well, tough break motherfucker. <laughs> so keep that in mind for anyone who wants to do business with me. Like you can do business with me. Just keep that in mind. If you ever want to try and make a decision on whether I should be CEO or not. Any Hooter, that was the last bit of news. Now let's get into the trailers. Her best friend was Beth, revealed to be a trader, selling her trailer. This week, we'll be talking about Peninsula, or as it is officially titled, Train to Basan Presents Peninsula. For those who may not know of this, there was a movie called Train to Basan. You should see it. Be warned that it was a zombie movie, but um, it was a, it was a Korean movie. And it was about these passengers on the train who were in the midst of a zombie outbreak. It was pretty good. I liked it. Nice little premise. Um, you know, I know I know people are like fatigued on the zombie movies, but you know, this was this was one of the good ones, man. It was it was just good to see like like that uh that change of setting. Cause I don't think I've ever seen a zombie movie that had to that that took place um on a train mainly. But um it was good. And this movie is the sequel, or rather yet the continuation to Train to Busan. And um, this looks more like a traditional zombie movie, um, which I'm not going to lie. The only reason I want to see this movie is because of its ties to Train to Busan, which takes us to that whole thing of like branding where it's it's good that they put titles like Train to Busan Presents or Fast and the Furious Presents because, you know, it helps people kind of be like, even if they weren't interested, like, well, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't interested in this Hobbs and Shaw movie, but since it is in the Fast and Furious universe, I'll go check it out. Like, that's the realm that I'm in right now with this Peninsula movie. And the reason why I'm not like too keen on seeing it is because, like I said, this looks like a more traditional zombie movie that we've seen over and over again, where it's like post-apocalyptic because the movie takes place, whereas like Train to Busan was like day one of the outbreak where it was just like people getting bitten and mauled and shit and running away from zombies left and right. Now, four years later, it's like, you know, the world has gone into utter chaos and now you're in that post-apocalyptic setting where there's like broken down cars in the middle of the street, probably cannibals running around eating other people you know there's probably some weird religious cult that that formed during the apocalypse and shit like that where they make human sacrifices to appease the zombie gods or some shit like it's, it looks like that um and, there, and here's the thing i i used to be fatigued on the whole zombie thing but 
you know, when you factor in movies like Train to Busan or shows like iZombie, it's like it I, I enjoy those because it was like a different take on the genre. Whereas I think my fatigue is mainly just coming from the post-apocalyptic nature of the zombie outbreak, you know, or, or the aftermath of the zombie outbreak, because it just seems like even even movies or even properties that take place in a post-apocalyptic setting that have nothing to do with zombies, it's all starting to just kind of run together. So I'm probably just getting fatigued on that whole aspect because it's the same thing. Like I said, it's always a rundown city. There's always fucking broken down cars everywhere. There's there's the whole like people are the real monsters. You know, the zombies are the least of your worries. And that's what this movie looks like it's bringing. Going off of uh, what Wikipedia says as far as the premise goes, because it's like a, just looking at the trailer, it, it, it looks basic as far as I'm concerned. But going off the premise, it's uh, it's about some retrieval squad of soldiers or whatever who are looking for survivors in the midst of the apocalypse. And they end up stumbling upon a city where they find survivors. But it might be the survivors where they done put together like a fucking gladiatorial or coliseum thing where they got other survivors fighting zombies and shit. Why? Besides the form, besides entertainment, sure. Maybe it's like a population thing, you know, because, you know, if you get overpopulated, all the resources start getting taken. So we're probably like, all right, motherfucker, you get to draw a lottery and you go into Coliseum and fight these zombies, you know. So I think it's I think it's just going to be about following this team to where they're trying to survive this city of survivors, trying to pick out the the bright spots of the bunch trying to separate the good seeds from the bad seeds and make it out of the pile of bad seeds and zombies alive so yeah but um you know i'll check it out like i said i'm i'm interested just for the branding alone um i'm not saying that the movie's gonna be trash i'm just saying i'm not expecting this movie to show me anything that i haven't seen before numerous times so but but we'll wait and see um I don't know when it comes out. It says August 2020, but that's for Korea. I don't know what that means for the US. I don't know if it's going to be like a universal release. I I I think it would have to be cuz I I'm pretty sure Train to Busan was uh subtitled. So, if they're not going to do an English dub, I don't see what could stop them from just doing a worldwide worldwide release. Now the question is, are they going to charge $20 for it? Because if they are, I'm sorry to say that I will be forced to use unethical means to watch this movie when it comes out. Okay? Because, and, and even if we weren't in a situation where we need to be saving our money up for the worst of things, I'd still feel that way because $20 for a movie rental is way too much money. So hopefully they can uh, figure that out before the movie comes out. Until then, that'll do it for the trailers this week. Now it's time to get into the meat and potatoes, the spoiler-free movie discussion. So I heard you want to talk about movies. Today, we'll be talking about The Invisible Man. But before we start talking about it, I just want to make one thing clear and let everyone know. I watched this movie through unethical means. We are in the middle of an apocalypse and $20, as I just ranted about a few minutes ago. 
Okay, because basically what it came down to was I watched a hunt, which I paid $20 to rent it. And I was like, God damn, that's a lot of fucking money to rent a movie and not own it. Okay, and I wanted to watch Invisible Man because so many people kept recommending it to me. But I was like, dude, I don't feel like spending $20 to watch that fucking movie, even if you do think it's worth it. So, you know, numerous people were like, I didn't spend twenty dollars on it either. Are you crazy? I fucking went through unethical means, so I too followed suit. But I will make it right when it comes out on video. I will purchase it to make up for my misdeeds because I do feel dirty after doing it. Okay, and I don't mean I'm gonna buy it after it gets in the bargain bin. Like I'll buy it day one. When, well, I don't know about day one, but I will buy it when it's available on video. Okay, so that will that will make up for my my misdeeds so um just want to put that out there the invisible man follows elizabeth moss's character who had just gotten out of a uh well not even gotten out she ran out on a very abusive relationship now i don't remember if there was physical abuse but there was definitely verbal and mental abuse that was going on so she eventually ran out on that shit and uh, while she's laying low, waiting for things to get clear so her ex don't like track her down and shit and probably drag her back to the house, she ends up getting news that he killed himself shortly after she left. So while this may be a time to celebrate and continue the road to recovery from getting out of that whole shit, um, there's things that start happening to her character. Like things where the only explanation is... It could be her ex. And then the question becomes, did her ex really kill himself or did he stage it? Does he have some ability to go invisible to where he could be in the house with her, fucking with her and tormenting her wherever she goes, just making her life completely miserable? Or is it all in her head? That, my friends, is the premise of The Invisible Man. Now. Seeing as how I have the misfortune of having a team of trolls that like to fuck with me every chance that they get, I will admit, I had zero interest in wanting to see this movie. Why? Because of the trailer. It was one of those trailers where they showed you the entire fucking movie. I'm talking about from when she leaves her ex to when the Invisible Man is fucking with her to the point where she gets fed up and fights back against the Invisible Man. And when you think about the the period that we're in and the, and the zeitgeist, the current zeitgeist that's been going on for like the past few years now, you can only pretty much, you can pretty much figure out how that movie ends, right? So after watching the trailer, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, well, here's the problem. First of all, you just show me an entire fucking movie. So at that point, I mean, why do I need to go and see this? I mean, the only the only million dollar question that I have after watching the trailer is that they didn't explain was what's up with the invisibility? Like was she dating a fucking superhero or something, you know, because it just seems so random. But even then, it wasn't enough to, like, make me want to rush to the theaters to go see the damn movie. Right. Even though it's a Blumhouse production and, you know, I'm always interested in seeing Blumhouse movies, but Every now and then, there's a few that just kind of like don't entice me, right? So that was one of the reasons. The other reason was just watching the trailer, 
it just didn't look that interesting to me, you know? Um, it was, and cause there's been plenty of movies where they've shown everything in a trailer, but it was still enough to where I was like, you know what? It looks like a good movie. I'll go check that out. You know? And this just wasn't one of those things. There was another reason for why I wasn't interested in seeing a movie, but we'll save that for the actual discussion. Speaking of which, all that being said, I have now seen the movie and believe it or not, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie for the most part. Even though the trailer gives away a lot as far as like the progression of the plot, like a lot of the suspenseful scenes and everything like that, it it was I still enjoyed it for what it was. I was still able to come up with some like theories while watching the movie. There were there were some things that threw me for a loop. There were things there were some things that I didn't see coming and stuff like that. There was still enough left in the movie to where it was still a, a general surprise to sit and enjoy the movie for what it was. Um, another reason why I wanted to pull the trigger on watching this movie as well is because I have found out that the guy that directed this movie was the same guy that directed Upgrade, who is uh, Lee Lee Wannell. Um, you may know him from the Insidious movies. There's the there's that that team of uh, ghost hunters with the old lady where there's the one tall dude with the beard. And then there's like the short guy with the glasses. The short guy with the glasses is Lee Wannell. And um, he's only done three movies like directing wise. He's wrote a lot and he's produced a lot of movies, especially under the, the Blumhouse brand. But um, he's done three movies which was Insidious 3, which I remember being okay. And then he did Upgrade, and now he's got The Invisible Man under his belt. So that was another reason why I wanted to check this movie out as well, just mainly off of the endorsement of, of Upgrade. So kudos to that man. Now, story-wise, here's the thing. I, I enjoyed the story of the movie because... I've never seen the original Invisible Man, so I don't even know what the hell that movie's all about. But the closest thing I get to an Invisible Man movie pre this one is Hollow Man with uh, Kevin Bacon, which I really enjoyed that movie. And um, the whole premise of that movie was just it was a it was a military experiment or something that these scientists were working on. And they decide to do human testing because, you know, they run into the old case of, oh, we're pulling your funding because you can't fucking prove this shit works, blah, blah, blah. You know, so they do human testing and then it becomes like a monster movie with the scientists trying to figure out how they can save their uh, their counterpart or, you know, uh, or they're not almost a comrade, but. They're figuring out how to how to save their their partner while this uh, experimental drug is like fucking with his brain and making him psychotic and, and homicidal and shit. Right. So I thought that was a good premise for that movie. And then in this movie where it's more about like it's more like grounded in um, realistic endeavors, realistic in the sense of we've all either been or heard about or been in the middle of an, an, an abusive relationship like we we all may like know somebody who's actually gone through that shit right so it's actually like dealt with in this movie where it's it, it's trying to tackle it from a more realistic perspective which i thought was was pretty cool like i didn't expect them to be able to strike that balance unlike something like an ari oster movie like uh hereditary and midsummer where it's 
I feel like the main focus of those movies get too wrapped up in the losing a loved one or losing your family and going through a breakup with your boyfriend and looking for a new family. And then like by the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie, they want to get into the supernatural shit like witches and, and cults and shit like that, you know? So I feel like I was probably expecting this movie to just get real preachy and heavy handed with the domestic abuse portion of the things instead of like kind of hitting on the invisibility shit as well. Cause like I said, with the trailer, it pretty much shows you everything, but how this motherfucker got the ability to go invisible, you know, but then like, lo and behold, you watch the movie and it's like, they get into that shit as well. And they do it in a very interesting way to where they're able to drop some little season in here about real world shit, but at the same time, keep you entertained with the invisible guy. So, um, you know, you're, you find yourself kind of wrapped up in the whole mystery of, you know, who's the person that's invisible? How the fuck did they get that power and all the other shit? So, yeah, very, very, very impressed with it. Now let's talk about performances. So I feel like the general cast all around did well. Okay. They, you know, nothing to like stand out with the exception of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, <clears throat> so let's talk about performances. Now, I mean, I feel like everybody gave some solid performances in the movie with the exception of the, um, what's his face? Uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen was probably like the one standout for me just because I haven't followed his career, but he's, he's one of those people that have like popped up in other movies leading up to this. And I've seen him in like different fashions and like different roles and shit to the point where I'm like, you know what? He's actually pretty versatile. This, this dude has range okay and then we get to elizabeth moss because like most shit with elizabeth moss you know it's like oh my gosh she was fantastic she was so great and this is that yada 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 and here's the thing and this is that that other reason i was saying why i wasn't interested <laughs> in seeing this movie i am so sick and tired of seeing elizabeth moss and she just continues to pop up everywhere i know she's been in the game for a while man you know but i first got introduced to her to where like i knew her by name and like by facial recognition it all started with mad men and then she was recently in us and she was in something else too that i can't put my finger on but it's all because of the handmaid's tale okay that's where all this hatred stems from and you know i used to watch that show I made it through two and a half seasons. I fell off like probably midway through season three because I just could not take it anymore because the problem with that show, besides like all the shit that happens in the in the show, and I almost said movie, but besides all the shit that happens in the show, one of the things that like irks me the most and just like really puts me in a fit of rage is the fact that they keep that camera in her face through most of that show like it is just literally zoomed in to her face constantly and i can understand if like she just is able to show like this wide range of emotions and shit like that but she doesn't dude it's the same two things all the time she either looks pissed off or she looks fucking miserable and it's just something about that that fucks with my brain to the point where wherever i see her 
wherever I see her, I am immediately turned off of whatever she is in. Like us, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, God damn, Elizabeth Moss. You know, it's like, actually, I didn't do it for us because I think that was still like when I was watching Handmaid's Tale. But that was where it was really starting to fester. Right. So like when the Invisible Man pops up and you find out that Elizabeth Moss is in it, I'm like, God damn it. Not only is she in the movie, she's the fucking star. So I got to deal with this shit. So. And like, I'm not saying that she didn't give a good performance because she did. But then it's like she always gives a good performance. And I'm trying to put my finger on it because people are just enamored by this woman for some reason. And I think I finally figured out what it is. And this is just my own personal explanation. And to me, I feel like the best way to describe her and her acting style is that she is the chief Keef of Hollywood, where it's like. I wouldn't necessarily say Chief Keef is a good rapper or a good lyricist or anything like that, but I would say that he is very good at picking songs or at least like finding producers that are able to work around his style of rap. And I feel like that's what the situation is with Elizabeth Moss, where she's able to find directors or writers or producers that are able to work around her, uh, her sweet spot, which is, being pissed off and being miserable, <laughs> you know? So it's like, in that sense, it's like, yeah, man, she's great. But at the same time, it's like, it's the same shit over and over again. You know, how, like there's some actors where it's like, um, that guy makes a really good villain. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, like Sean Penn or something like Sean Penn is, he's really good at playing a villain, you know, or just a bad guy or, or whatever. Right. I think Elizabeth Moss is in that realm where it's like, when it comes to being miserable or just being pissed off and shit and, and trying to rebel or whatever, or be the little bad girl, like Elizabeth Moss, Moss excels in that. Unfortunately, I just can't get past the handmaid's tale. I don't know if I ever will, because I didn't always feel this way, but like after the handmaid's tale, dude, after two and a half seasons of that shit, I'm just I'm fucking done. Okay? I'm done. And that's a good segue to get into gripes. So when you're dealing with a high concept of someone having the ability to go invisible, there's already gonna be suspension of disbelief, okay? That's that's checked at the door. I understand that, but there are still portions of this movie where they just overindulge and just abuse that suspension of disbelief. For example, in the trailer, when she's in the attic and she finds the cell phone ringing, she has that moment that we've all had where you just feel like someone's in the room with you and they're like right behind you, right? So she ends up doing that to where she gets that feeling and she investigates it and she takes a, a, a bucket of paint and splashes it where she thinks somebody is. Lo and behold, there is splash paint floating in her face, which startles her. Obviously, that would, that would startle anybody. And homeboy runs off. He's not out of her sight for no more than, I'd say, five minutes tops. As she goes and investigates... This motherfucker already took the paint off, all right? And here's the thing. I feel like we've all had encounters with paint before, whether it's like a dab or whether you drop your whole hand into the bucket. Don't ask. <laughs> Either way, it's hard to get paint off. Paint don't come off easy, okay? And I know that paint's come a long way over the years, but, like, this motherfucker 
literally washed the paint off in seconds, it felt like. And I'm just like, come on, bro. Come on now, man. You, you, no, no. All right. You, you're, you're losing me here. You're breaking the immersion. Come on now. I'm a, I'm already sold on the invisibility shit. Like, don't don't fucking abuse it. Don't 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 fuck with me like that. OK, so like that was that was one of the gripes that I had because there's other incidences like that, too, that happened that just break immersion. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those things where there's a difference between someone turning invisible and someone having super strength or or someone having the ability to wash off paint in mere seconds. All right. It's it's like it's like, yes, dude, homeboy has the ability to go invisible, but at the end of the day, he's still a man. He's still shrouded in in the in the field of human anatomy. All right. He's not a ghost. Just because nobody can't see your ass don't mean you're a ghost. Okay. So like those were my gripes. With the movie, the other gripe and my biggest gripe with the movie was the ending. I was I was very, very disappointed with the ending. Like it, it legit bothered me. It wasn't it wasn't bad enough to where it ruined the entire movie, but it was enough to where when it happened, like when once the movie like ended and credits started rolling, it was one of those things. Where I was like, you know what? That was a good movie from like the beginning all the way up to that end, and then they just like fumbled hard. I just do not like the way that that movie ended. The best way to describe it is how they decided to end that movie and the actions that were taken do not match what happened in the rest of that movie that led up to that moment. Other than that, man, I mean, it was good. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, I don't regret not seeing it in theaters. Uh, I don't regret not seeing it sooner. It was it, it was it was fine. It was still in that realm of this is a rental slash cable streaming service type of movie. This isn't I wouldn't recommend rushing to the theaters to go see this movie if, if you had that option. It's just it's one of those movies where it's like surprisingly a lot better than you would expect. You know, I, I'd put it in that realm. But um, other than that, yeah, man, because I mean, like the effects were cool with with like, but I mean, I've it's been done before. The invisibility thing has been done before. I think even back in the hollow man days, I mean, yeah, there were CG when they did like the whole x-ray type vision when he was like transforming into, or when he was becoming invisible and when he was becoming visible, they had that whole effect and everything. But I, I'm pretty sure they still did the, uh, man in a green suit suit or blue suit or whatever and had him just act like normal and then during post-production they went through and just erased him and it just looked like people were shadow boxing and shit and being you know getting into a fucking fist fight with a jedi you know what i mean so um not not to say that's not impressive like the, the effects the effects are good i'm just saying it's nothing that i haven't seen before i can't speak for anybody else but i just i don't, I don't know but uh anywho um that's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, you know, rental, but I'll say it before it. I'll say it again. I'm gonna keep on saying it until something changes. $20 too expensive. Okay. Like I said, I'll make it right for my endeavors. I will make it right. When it comes on video, I will get it. But you know, y'all need to work on that price tag for, for movie rentals. Okay. You can slap all the home premieres on there that you want. It still don't justify that price tag. So until then, 
that's all I got, man. You all be safe out there. Okay. Um, you know, stay inside if you can, you know, you can stay inside the quicker we can get all this shit over with. I don't, I don't give a fuck about the conspiracy theories and all this other shit, man. It's just like, just let's just get this shit over with so we can get, not get back to normal, but get to the new normal. Okay. And, and deal with that. Cause that's going to be a whole nother can of worms. But until then, I'll see you guys on the next one. That was movie Tuesday. Now it's just another day. Y'all stay safe and stay healthy. Just another day. Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. Audi flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck.